Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord, we give you praise. We bless your name. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you will do. Eternal of ages, Lord, we say, let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus. As we go through your world again, as we fellowship in your world, we ask that you would you would honor yourself again. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' most precious name, we pray. Amen. Let's have us. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We've been having different conversations and um, in the last couple of weeks, and. I you know, just strongly believe that God is bringing us to kind of zero in more <coughs> around the gospel. You will see this term, and the topic is the gospel, our confidence in gospel, in the gospel, our confidence in the gospel. You would always see this term in scriptures. The Bible would never refer to the gospel as a gospel. It would say the gospel. The reason being that there are different versions of the gospel, but there is one that the scripture preaches. So if I tell you to go to that room and bring me a boy, then that means that you can bring any boy that is in there. But when I say, can you go there and please bring me the boy? The right question would be, what boy are you talking about? Does that make sense? So when you would see the Bible always, there's a reason why the Bible always qualified the gospel, gospel as saying the gospel. Because he expects you to come to a point where you begin to ask the question, what exactly is the gospel? And you would see, as we go to Romans chapter 1, verse 1, you will see when Paul began to introduce himself. Paul says, as Paul, a servant of Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel. And what the next one of us say here is that Paul, the, the mission was clear. That even though he's called an apostle, the end game <laughs> is to produce or is to is to is to uh, is to present the gospel. There is nobody within the body of Christ that their responsibility is not the gospel. Or what they are contributing to. Is not the advancement of the gospel. I'll give you an example. If you go to a company, the Coca-Cola company, and they produce Coca-Cola, even if you're a cleaner in that place, the end product of your service is to produce Coca-Cola. So that means that if somebody say, no, my job is just to clean the church, it is still, everything is to, is, to, is to push one agenda. That is the gospel. So that means that, see, I, you know, I work in the hospital. I work in finance. There are some, when they are asking that what are the values of the hospital, my, the values I will present will not be different from the value the doctor presents. Why? Because the, the, the mission of the hospital is clear even to the cleaner. But so that is why you would see that, and so that's why Paul will say, no, you see, the whole focus of my apostleship is the gospel. So if you say that God has called me to be a cleaner, which he can, which he can, your cleaning job, the whole focus of that cleaning job is the gospel. Now, the question now remains, 
How well can we define the gospel? How well can we define the gospel? Because the basis of anything that you do in the body of Christ, no matter who you are, it is the end game is the gospel. I was talking to the Sunday school some months ago and somebody asked me a question and they said, um, they said, oh, I was talking about a song and they said, oh, is that, uh, they mentioned something, they said, is that a gospel artist? And I said, there are some Christian artists, but it's not every artist that's a gospel artist. The song that does not have gospel, no matter how well you sing it, no matter the name of Jesus you put in it, it is not gospel. You get what So, the people call themselves gospel artists. Because you have, you put, you are Christians, you sing Jesus, does not mean you're a gospel artist. Because the gospel is very clear. That's why the Bible will always center and make sure you understand that this gospel is unique. This gospel is unique. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, and Paul would, when we go to 2 Corinthians, Paul later, you know, says that God has committed us to, he has reconciled us to himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So that means that we are, our job is to reconcile people to God. Now, see, at times there are some things that I get it, but at times we can't. I think I think things are lost within that process. Some people may believe that my gospel, God, see, okay, when God sent Paul to the Greek. It was, it did not, they were not defined by class. It was an issue about location. Does that make sense? So, if you are preaching the gospel and it can only affect the rich, not the poor, then that is not the gospel. If you preach a sermon here and they cannot hear you in Afghanistan, and still know or feel God, it is not the gospel. I'm not saying you do not preach. Listen, but what you're talking about is not the gospel. So you see, as Paul will begin to talk, Paul will say that, you see, I just ask myself that you know, when I preach something, and I, I, you know, when you preach and you, and you preach, on a Sunday service, and God is moving. We thank God for what God is doing. And they take that sermon and they go to go and they go to Sokoto or somewhere in Nigeria where half of the church has just been slaughtered by Boko Haram. And they cannot, that sermon has no impact in their life. Or they cannot see, it rather condemns them and makes them feel that, ah, did we really serve God at all? There's something is wrong. I understand that you may have a ministry that's tilted towards the youth, but if an adult enters that place, if it is the gospel, that adult will be affected. Does that make sense? Yeah. So let's go on, please. So you go to, um, you know, in, in Romans again, chapter one, um, uh, the Bible says that it says, For I am obligated to the Greek and the non Greek, both the wise and the foolish. So basically, when the gospel is being preached, you can have a CEO sitting next to a cleaner. And they both, they both see the need for the gospel. If the gospel is only for, if, if when the gospel, because the gospel is not sent, if the gospel is sent to, this, to deal with the issue of a common issue to every human being. So you will see, he said, he said, both to the wise and to the foolish. 
Some people say, you know, you, know, you just can't get it because you are too dumb. That's not gospel. Oh, you know, in, in, my, in my gathering, there is always the, 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 the high and people who, who know what's going on. That's not gospel. So the Bible says, that is why I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who I know. Let's go on, please. Um, and you, you, you would see also in, let me just read the, the living Bible. It said, for I hold a great debt to you and to everyone else, both civilized people and uncivilized together. So that means that when I am preaching the gospel, you know, I went to Nigeria, Slavolo was, was, you know, I went to Nigeria and we came to this church and it was our Yalata that was 90% of the congregation. You know, see, that is where gospel, man, it's not that you are sitting in London, you are preaching, and when you get to the streets of Lagos or the streets of, or the village in, in that gospel doesn't have relevance again. Does that make sense? So he said, both to the civilized and the uncivilized Africans. Yes, to the educated and non-educated. So that means that if the gospel is only is only trying to so Paul is also saying you can't remain uneducated. <coughs> the gospel is not to move you from here to here. Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the gospel is so unique in such a way that the Bible even tells us that it is such a, a center of the Christian faith that what God has done, the fact that God can redeem a sinner is even a mystery to angels. Angels are looking at you and they're like, I can't get this. First Peter. The Bible says that, you know, First Peter, you go to First Peter. Um, we'll come back to that. It said, concerning this salvation, the prophets, the, and the, the, the prophets who spoke of the grace that has come to you, such intently and, the, and with, with, great, with the greatest care. That means the, the at times, and it's, it's important, they are our foreigners. We would get to heaven and Elijah would look at you and say, you know, what you guys say, Elijah, ah, powerful. Elijah is putting and saying, ah, if only, if only you understand. Do you know that I was talking to you know the scripture teaches us that John the Baptist is the greatest of all prophets that's ever been. The Bible also tells us that he did not perform one miracle. Can you imagine a senior prophet that cannot perform one miracle? What would you say? That we said he never performed. One miracle. Yes, Jesus looked at him and said, this one is the greatest. Why? He understood the gospel. So you see, he said, they said, said, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Holy, the Spirit of Christ in them was appointing them and when he predicted the suffering of the Messiah and the glory that would follow. So after Jesus suffered on the cross. The, as far as Isaiah is concerned, as far as Elijah is concerned, something miraculous is about to happen. Let's read on, please. He said, it was revealed to them that they were, that they were not serving themselves but you. He said, when, when they spoke of the things that have now been told to you, by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels look, long, they long to look into these things. 
Angels are saying, you know, let's create a research department. What has just happened? And all these things, the Bible just called it the gospel. Let me read the message Bible for us. Just going to read the message Bible for um, let's um, so let's just go down to verse so that we can just quickly get to um, the Bible says even the angels have given anything to be on this. Even angels are looking at you and they're wondering, this person has no clue what has happened to them. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Amen. Christ. See, the gospel is so sent. You know, Ephesians chapter 5, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5. You know, you know the gospel is so, it's, it's so central. You know, when you read the Bible, the Bible says, Husband, submit your wife, submit, wife, sorry, wife, submit yourselves unto your husband as you do to the Lord. For husband, for, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which he is the savior. Now, the church submits to Christ. Also, wives should submit themselves to their husband. Let's, let's go on, please. Husband, love your, your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself to her. Make her holy, cleansing her, without, well, cleansing her by washing with water through, um, through the word. And presented himself to himself a church without blemish. Again, we just, you know, people read this and you, you can teach well on marriage on this but what we don't understand is that Paul was saying, if you cannot understand the relationship between Jesus and the church, you cannot understand marriage. Is, is that what he's saying? You know, people say, ah, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Has anybody asked that, that husband, can you explain to me how Christ loved the church? You don't know. So we just said, I said, yes, I get it, sir. I get it. No. And we go to a point, let's go on, please, as we go to verse 33, just because of uh, what? Um, let's just go on. Verse 33. It says, uh, um, says, says verse 32 says, this mystery is profound. But in case you think I am talking about your marriages, he said, I am talking to you about Christ and the church. What Paul is saying is that after you are preached on marriage seminar and people do not live with the conscience of the gospel, you have missed it. Because he's saying the inter what marriage, the understanding of marriage, everything is centered around the issue of the gospel. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. But then put it, ah, husband, love your wife, fire, wife, submit yourself to the husband, and this and that. And Paul is, Paul is literally looking from heaven and he says, Do these people understand what we are talking about here? Oh, you think you are talking about this conversation is around what you are doing in your house? No. <laughs> he said that, you know, except you understand the gospel. You will never be able to implement what the Bible says here. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. That is why you can cancel people forever, give them a chance of a five, go and meditate, and it's still going to go wrong. Because except the understanding of the gospel is clear. Except the understanding of the gospel is clear. 
So you will see if in Acts chapter 26 or 22, Paul would later say that Paul said, God has helped me to this very day that I can stand here to testify both to the small and the great alike. So basically what he's saying is that when he comes to me preaching the gospel, it does not matter who you are. It does not matter who you are. And one thing that this gospel is, one of the great first obstacles to the gospel is what Paul defines as shame. You know you can talk to people about football for three hours? Why you want to talk to them about giving your life to Christ? What happens? Your voice begins to go down. That's how Paul said, this one please, Paul said in first, that first Corinthians, um, um, yeah, he said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because the first thing that the devil introduces into your life, when you make up your mind you want to preach gospel, is shame. You are happy to talk about any other thing. But when you want to talk about the gospel, some of us say, where did you go on Sunday? I, had, I, I met family. We had friends. It was, it, was, it was a good gathering. Because I tried to avoid the statement I went to church. And Paul was saying, see, he said, I understand what is happening. What the devil would first of all introduce in whenever, even in the church, and we will get there, even in the body of Christ, the first obstacle is the gospel. Sorry, is shame. It's shame. Because you begin to feel like, I can't talk like this now. It will be like you are judging. So who are you to tell me that I'm going to hell? And the issue that Paul was talking about, Paul was saying that he says, he says, he said, he said, he said, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. Paul is saying that the process by which God's power is released is the gospel. I understand that at times we feel the process by which to release power is to shout. But the Bible says the process by which power is released is the gospel. We don't just explain this a little bit, you know, a little bit further to us as we as, as we go on. And you know, when you go to um, when you look at that from the good news. Could be said, it says, Paul says that I have complete confidence in the gospel, for it is the it is God's power to save all who believe. So that means that the gospel has the ability to save lives. The gospel has the ability. There's something in the gospel that once it is it is like a gun. Once it is triggered, anybody on the path is turned around. Anybody who's on that path is turned around. See, First Corinthians chapter one, verse fourteen. We said that the gospel has power. Now, Paul was talking about that. I thank God that I did not baptize any one of you except Cyprus and uh, and he says, Vasiti says, says, so no one can say you you were you, you were baptized in my name. He, he now went on, he said, verse 17, God did Christ did not send me to baptize. Please, is baptism wrong? No. He said that he's baptizing people. But he's saying, if 
I think that every other thing that I'm doing in ministry is a substitute for the gospel, then I've missed it. So Paul said that, he said, he said, he said, he said, God has not, Christ has not sent me to Paul to preach the gospel. He now said that with, not with, sorry, not with the wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross be emptied of his power. I want to first of all say, let me tell, let me just give an illustration the way, you know, I just, I see it, is that before the devil, demons sit in the church. They don't, the way, I've explained this before, but the way they attack is, taught, is people think that when they come into a place, they not just sit down and, no, 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 that's not what happens. What happens is that they begin to tilt the, deliv the delivery of the gospel in such a way that the cross is emptied of its power. So when the power is, is dripping off via the way the gospel is preached, then anybody will enter and sit down comfortably because there is no power coming out again. People first of all think that it is those, they just enter, they dig, no, 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 they don't, it doesn't happen that way. They begin to tilt the way the gospel is delivered. So you begin to, so this one now, it, it didn't say the devil, it is human beings that will begin to present what is not gospel, laying emphasis on either baptism or miracle. And what they don't know is that the gospel is being, power is leaking out. And as a result, you can pray till tomorrow. You are just firing blank. Nothing is coming out. Maybe if the money, whatever it is, run. It's because of the sound. They just say, power, oh, what's that? They, once they begin to see that, you see power, power, a couple of times, they say, it's black. <laughs> I used to tell somebody, I said, there's a, there's a, God help us, God help every one of us. You know? You don't want to be a, a, someone that when you are preaching, say, in the name of Jesus. Devil, and they say, please, can you reduce your voice? I'm... <laughs> That shouting could actually block my ears. <laughs> Stop, you know. Or you pray, pray, pray so much, your mouth is dry, devil of us, you call. <laughs> Drink, enjoy yourself. And Paul was saying that there is a way by which the gospel could be leaked, power could be leaked out of the gospel in such a way that its effectiveness is missing. And Paul says, see, if there is a way, see, why did Paul talk about eloquence? Because Paul was well learned. There is a way that you can know book or book know you. Sorry, I know that some people hear this, but it's not, they're not Nigerian. Well. <laughs> you can tell say that it gets to a point that the way you present gospel, there's so much Greek that the gospel cannot come out. And Paul is saying, no, I, I am well learned. I am well, I am, I understand how to present things, but I am careful how I present it so that power does not leak out of the gospel in such a way that lives are not changed. People are excited, but lives are not changed. So Paul was saying, I am going to just, you know, nothing must stop the gospel. Let's cross me uh, Mark chapter, Mark chapter 16, verse 5, 15 to, and the Bible says, I said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and baptized is saved, and who does not believe is condemned. The Bible says that. This is the part that people don't normally preach. No, people say that, have you read John 3 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes will not die but have everlasting life. But when they don't go back to the verses after, we say anybody that has refused, they are already condemned. People don't preach that. So people say, you know, my God is a God of love. No. 
God, someone said, God loves people and he respects your opinion. He's the most person that respects your opinion than any other person. So if you have chosen to go to hell from hell, you will not get to heaven and say, ah, God said, no, I respect your opinion. So because of my love, not to force you. So please go to heaven. So you made a choice. God, God is not in heaven trying to say, oh, I will love you anyway. Just come. No, you made a choice. And his, his honor means that he respects your choice. God help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the Bible says, it says, it says, and I said, this sign shall follow them that who believe. In my name, please note how the Bible puts it. The gospel is preached. Signs follow to confirm the gospel. If you focus on signs alone, you have missed it. We do healing service. The first couple of services, you know, I will teach on healing and things like that. And the one of God said, no, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Say, boy, is healing service? No. The gospel. Once the gospel is preached, healing will happen. Rather than focusing on healing, just preach gospel. And you see how God will confirm the gospel. Does this make sense to us? So let's go on, please. So the Bible, so you will not see that he said, he said after he spoke, after, after Jesus had spoken this to them and was taken into heaven. He said, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out, priests. What were they preaching? The gospel. Everywhere. And the Lord walked with them, confirming, he didn't say their word. Confirming his word. God does not confirm people. Oh, you think that God says, ah! Tell me, who are you? He only conf God confirms his word. The reason why you think that God is confirming you is because he has placed his word on you. That's why he's confirming it. The day you begin to walk against God's word, that's when you will know that God is not, is not really looking after you. He's looking after his word. So the Bible says that, it says, so what I'm trying to point out here is this, that the, so the apostles understood this. In such a way that they were not looking for miracles to happen in the service. What they just did was they get into a place, they present the gospel, and confirmation comes. That's the way it works. There are so many things that happen within the church. We talked about this morning that I am I am shocked personally. You know, as a pastor, friends, you have to pretend as if you got it together, but you don't. See, people are sharing testimony with me, and I'm going, yeah. I am as shocked as they are. Somebody was sharing the testimony with me, and I was saying to her, I said, ah, that thing, I don't think it's, because I'm processing my mind, I say, it doesn't make sense now. Person said, yes, I know it doesn't make sense, but actually, I was trying to build up faith, <laughs> because it didn't make sense to me. But when the gospel is preached, signs will happen. So you don't need to focus on that. So people say, ah, so my wife says, Pastor, why don't you, please, it is scriptural to preach giving. Don't get me wrong. Or why don't you send us so much? You know, no, no, no. See, when the gospel is preached, The resources will come. It's not. See, the day I understood that, oh God, see, no matter what is happening, just get there, preach the gospel, confirmation of God. My issue is to make sure that the gospel is presented in such a way that I am not adding eloquence to it or adding anything to it and present it raw as God gives me grace to. Then I will wait and confirmation comes. Does that make sense? Yeah. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So why I'm saying that, you know, you know, you will see it. The Bible was saying that when Acts chapter 10, verse 44, but I said, while Peter was still preaching, while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit came and just descended upon him. I can remember the, you know, a couple of times in church, it's, 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 it's a bit controlled now, you know, and when we, there are times, I, I would just be preaching and people would be going in trance. You know, it's not, I didn't need to gather us to say, oh yeah, let us now draw Holy Spirit down. <laughs> Please, I'm for Aria. Don't get me wrong. Don't discuss whatever what I'm saying. But you don't now just create a session to attract Holy Spirit. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we come to this point, is that when you begin to build your life on the fact that the gospel does not only lead me to Christ, it changes me. The gospel has the ability to turn a life around. I have seen, I have heard of, you know, I have an uncle who worked in buildings in Nigeria. His name is Aladalam. He used to tell me then that if you get to beauties and you see how you get to and you see how um, what's it called the beer is made. Thank you. He said, and you see how the beer is made. He said you hate to drink beer. But yet, <laughs> while he was still telling me those stories, there is a way Alabalamu knows I will get home. Once he drives and he gets to his car and house and he says, down, then he knows he has reached destination. That's the only way he comes out of his car. I don't know how he manages to drive all the way, but he finds his way to his house. But the problem is that to know where to stop. To stop. <laughs> so once he goes down, that's it, he comes out. Then you see him in but that same man today is drinking is so far from his life. Why? Because when the gospel came, the thing that controlled beer, seeing the way beer was irritating him, could not stop. When the gospel came, it took it away. You would see, it is only the gospel that can change Paul. When the gospel is presented, there was a kind of story of a guy, a lecturer who used to sleep with, with ladies. It might be very, you know, but for me that came from Nigeria. You know, it is um, <laughs> it's a normal thing. Amen. I almost, I almost, I almost um, had an extra year in my diploma days because I was speaking to a girl. I, we were not dating. I just know her. So I just saw that I did the exam. They came to my take result. My result was not. I said, what's happening? I sat for the exam. So I went to him and said, yes, sir. He said, I did the exam. I said, which exam? I said, ah. He said, go and bring your paper. I said, ah, I gave the paper to them. So I said, after begging and saying, he said to me, he said, he said, ah. he said ah. when you spend all your time across the campus speaking to girls from everywhere. I said, honestly, that day I stood, I was like, <laughs> I said, sir, I be me. He said, yes, you. Then I now discovered that ah, there was a girl that I was a friend to and that has taken my my results away. And things like that. You know? And as God would have it. Then I remembered this is why God helped every parent to raise their children. Because then I got to, so I went to the phone booth in Adrick then to go and call my dad. And I had that word that came to me. If you pick up that phone, you bastard. So all the prayer that they've been teaching me in the house, 
any money devotion, there is nothing you can do than to call them in Lagos and say, please, so. So I hung up the phone, packed my bag, and went to the mountain next to the, to the school. Prayed, came down, just dropped my bags and things like that, and went straight to the office. And as soon as I got to the office, this man, anything, thank God I don't have uh, Bob's skin with the noses, but anything <laughs> that is in skirts, you dare not come in before somebody, some, something in skirts. So, these girls had known what was going on, so we were standing, somebody were, so I was waiting for my turn, and this girl was like, she just came with short sketch, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, and things like that, and she just pushed us away. I was the next person there, and she just went into the office. And, you know, the rule is that once that door is locked, <laughs> if you don't want to open your door to an extra year, whatever, <laughs> don't open that door. <laughs> but I also, I just opened the door and I entered. As soon as I entered, he saw me and he said, he told that girl, get out of my office. The girl said, What's going on? <laughs> because that's, like, are you deaf? Get out of my office. <laughs> like that. So as she walked out, everything is my business. And the power was stood up that day and he said, I'm sorry. He said, Tell me what mark I should give to you. I said, Sir, don't give me any mark. What I wrote down. God help us grace in the name of Jesus. So this lady went to this man. This man was trying to chase it's another story I want to talk about this year. This this guy wanted to the manager, and so the woman took went after prayers. The woman went to meet him because I didn't know they had to meet your lecturer. So he went, he went there, and the woman said, I just came here to come and share the gospel of Christ with you. What? You came to my office to come and share the gospel? What kind of useless thing is that? When you are a bit calm and you gave him a chat, just he just took it and just chucked it away. And he was fuming. He said, As you are going, you are you are rusticated. <laughs> so you see here those who are rusticated. <laughs> you, know, you might not understand the English the proper dictionary, but it just could say it is it is normal. It is normal. You know? <laughs> God help us in Jesus' name. So as she went, she went out, and the man was filming and things like that. And so he was also walking past. And he said, you know, what's this useless paper that she wrote? Then he picked it up. The title was All Fool. You that said there is no word. <laughs> and he began to read, not knowing that the bullet has been set, the bullet of the gospel has been set. That man came to fellowship a professor and asked students to begin to teach him about the scriptures. That's how little the gospel can be. The problem is that it just needs to be presented. In an accurate manner, it will hit anything on its own. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. We're homos. Let's just go to that uh, first Corinthians. Um, first Corinthians chapter one. Okay. Um, yeah. Just let's go to the next. Um, Let's go, please. Just because of our time. Okay. He said, the Jews, in verse 22, the Jews demand signs, and the Greek are looking for wisdom. But we will preach, we I said, but we preach Christ crucified. What does that mean? The death of Christ and its implications. Who are the Greek and who are the Jews? 
please don't stone me. An average African are those looking for science. You know, an average Westerner say, no, 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 no. That, that thing is not making sense to me, you know. You know, you know what, what are the probabilities that God exists? <laughs> Where we are coming from, I thought I can do miracles, okay. <laughs> okay. So the Bible says, it said the Greek, I said, but we preach Christ crucified. But to those who God has called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. He said, for let's let's read this in the message, please. He said, while the Jews clamor for demonstration, for, for miraculous demonstration, and Greeks go in for philosophical wisdom. See, this is the trap any minister of God wants to fall into. People want you to demonstrate power. So you think that by demonstrating power, you're saying you're so. But Bobadari said something. He had a revelation and he saw before, he, before many years before he died, he saw that God took him to heaven and he saw that his house was on window level. I said, God, with all the labor that I have done, is it that window level? God said, no. You didn't preach the gospel to them. Some of them did are not saved. He said, but miracles were happy. He said, yes, that is the problem. He said, as soon as they got a miracle, they went back to their way of life. We preach, and see, it is not, we will get there. What we talk about is what Jesus, Jesus, you, you, are, you are saying, God, open my eyes. Jesus is saying, if that eyes go take it again, pluck it. You see where yes. <laughs> God help us in Jesus' name. So he said, philosophy, he said, but we go right on proclaiming Christ the crucified. The Jews treat us like anti-miracle. Those people they don't understand that there is battle in the spiritual world. He said, the Greek look us as absurd. No. Go there probably, you know. The Africans anyway. We did Christianity, we've done that, we've done that, you know, we're out of all those kindness. And things like that, you know. They're gathering for miracles of healing. Yeah, NHS is there, you know, the problem is that there's no NHS, what do you do? <laughs> Have you heard people say that, you know, people just need to put their hope on something? You know, you know that's why you know, everybody can put their hope on something. So that's what Christianity is about, you know. But it says that, it says, but to us, who are personally called by God himself, both Jews and Greek. Let's read on please. Christ is the ultimate miracle and the wisdom all wrapped up into one. So what he's saying is that when the gospel is presented, it is, it is wrapped up all together that those looking for miracles will find, those looking for answers will find answers because every is wrapped up into it. You know, I have a friend who we're just having a conversation around um, his ministry. And he used to do, you know, that he does live broadcast. And you have about 100, maybe just 200 people watching and things like that. What we now discovered is that. When the time for preaching, so people are already gauge the time of preaching. So when he's preaching, you see about 20, 60, max, 50. But after 30 minutes or one hour, begin to see the views climb up. Where were they? We allowed you to finish all your, all your Jesus. <laughs> Go to, if you don't give your life to Christ, at this and that, they are coming for sign and wonders. And at times, I will not lie to you. My conversations with two servants of God at times we want to but okay maybe we should just keep this is what people want maybe we should just you know we should just put that sermon to 10 minutes and just shout and say oh why yeah (laughs) 
But what I'm trying to say to you is this, and we end it there. You don't need to be ashamed of the gospel. Because in it, the power of God lies. But what you need to do is to, find, is to understand the gospel and express it and expect God to confirm it. The gospel has the ability. The Bible says that, you know, what is the gospel that Jesus, number one, you cannot see the way to the gospel is the cross. What does that mean? If you don't acknowledge you're a sinner, if you think you are still good, whatever they preach to you and you believe you believe the gospel, you have not believed the gospel. Because the gospel does not start at the resurrection. The gospel starts at the cross. So I must first of all acknowledge that the life I am living, it is not right. And as I to follow Jesus on the cross, and I come and say, Father, into your hands I leave my spirit. Basically, you are saying, Father, I cannot live a righteous life and overcome except you help me. So as you go through that process and as you come to resurrection, you are not living the life you lived before. And you are holding on to the power of the, of the gospel saying, no, I know that I am a new being in Christ. Does that make sense to us? And this is what we are talking about. That sounds simple. But the more you begin to understand it and do it on it, the power will begin to, to be revealed. The God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. The last scripture, Ephesians chapter 5. Oh, no, let's go to the sorry, Romans. Yeah. The Bible says that first we Jews. No, no. Let's start, please. The Bible says, for in the gospel. Not outside the gospel. Inside the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. That is the way to be right with God is revealed inside the gospel. So if you are not ready to access the gospel and dwell inside of it, your I want to become a I want to be. I want to become better. I want to become holy. It's not. The Bible says it is inside of it. It is the righteousness of God. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. Let us rise. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.